Hi, friends, and welcome to the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast, where we discuss Bible prophecy from a pre-tribulational, premillennial, expositional, and rapture-ready point of view. This is Joel Dober. I'm the former professor of eschatology and dean of biblical studies at Calvary Chapel University, a local pastor for more than two decades, and a student of God's Word. I want to help you understand the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. Grab your Bibles and let's dig deep. This is the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. Well, hi, friends, and welcome to this first episode, the inaugural journey of the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. I'm glad that you're with us. I hope that you'll grab your Bibles. I want to go ahead and, in this first episode, get into some things from God's Word and uh, go ahead and kind of prime us on the kind of things we'll be studying in this podcast. Now, I want to define some terms, and specifically, there are four terms I want to define for you. I want to talk to you about what is pre-tribulational theology? What do we mean when we say that this is a pre-tribulational podcast? Likewise, what do we mean when we speak of premillennial theology? What in the world does that mean? And then what is exposition or expositional hermeneutics? And what in the world do we mean when we say that we're rapture ready? So those are the four items that I'd like to really talk to you about over the next few moments. But I want us to take our Bibles first and frame this conversation in light of Daniel chapter 9. And then we'll be looking also at uh, Daniel chapter 12. And so I'll be reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible. If you're following along, follow along in the version that you have with us. But in Daniel chapter 9, there is a wonderful prophecy that scholars typically refer to as the prophecy of the 70 weeks. Now, Daniel, of course, receives this directly from the Lord. And he writes it down for us here. He's been in a time of prayer. He's been in a time of confession of sin. He's been alone with the Lord. And Gabriel, the angel, appears to him. And it's around the evening sacrifice, so around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And he begins to speak now to Daniel about things that will take place in the future. Beginning in Daniel 9, verse 24, Gabriel speaks and says, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks, The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and till the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Now, folks... This is where we want to really begin to focus as we think about answering these four questions. What do we mean about pre-tribulational, pre-millennial, expositional hermeneutics? What do we mean when we're rapture ready? We're framing that around this 70th week that Daniel refers to here in chapter 9. Now, 
these first 69 weeks bring us all the way up to the cutting off of the Messiah, the, the day of the crucifixion. And then in verse 27, the Bible, through Gabriel's writings here, Daniel's prophecy, begins to speak of the distant future. There's a pause between the 69th and the 70th week. And in the 70th week, the Bible says that he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, a covenant with many. This is the beginning point of the 70th week of Daniel, or what we call the tribulation. The Bible says, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Now, we're not really in the mode of getting deep in exposition of chapter 9 at this point. We will in a future podcast episode. But what I just want to point out to you is that Gabriel gives a prophecy to Daniel and talks about a scope of time. That time begins with a very particular decree to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, which, as we look at the Bible, corresponds with the decree of Artaxerxes to send Nehemiah back into the land and to rebuild the city. And then, of course, the prophecy carries us all the way forward until Messiah the Prince is revealed. That's the day of the triumphal entry, of course. Speaks of the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. After the Lord is revealed, the Bible says there at the end of the 69th week that Messiah shall be cut off. That he would be cut off, not for himself, but for the sins of the people, for others. And then after that, after the crucifixion, that the people of the prince who is to come, this speaks of the Romans, that they would destroy the city of Jerusalem and its sanctuary, which of course we know happened historically in the year 70 AD. And then the Bible speaks about the end. Now, there's a very important uh, phrase here in verse 26 that I don't want you to miss. And it's the phrase, the people of the prince who is to come. Now, I believe that when the Bible speaks of the prince who is to come, that this refers to a coming future world leader who will lead a revitalized Roman Empire in the last days. I believe that the Bible clearly teaches, and we'll get to this in other Daniel passages throughout this particular podcast uh, journey together, but I believe the Bible teaches that there will be a revitalization of the old Roman Empire, and that it will be led by a particular prince that you and I commonly refer to as the Antichrist. In verse 27, the Bible tells us that that 70th week of Daniel begins with a covenant that this future leader makes with the many for one week. And keep in mind, of course, again, we'll get deeper into this when we look at Daniel 9 in some detail, but these are weeks of years, representations of weeks of years. Halfway through the week, the Bible says that he will bring it into sacrifice and offering, that he'll create uh, what is called the abomination of desolation, which is mentioned elsewhere here in the book of Daniel as well. But basically, the Antichrist will go into the temple at Jerusalem, claim to be God, and demand the global worship of uh, the world. Okay, And then what comes next is the, com- the consummation. The consummation, that is the end of time. So, we believe, I believe, and those who are pre- tribulational, pre-millennial such as I am, we believe that the Bible teaches that we are presently living in a state of pause between the 69th and the 70th week of Daniel. 
That 70th week is a period of time that we call the tribulation period. And so as we discuss uh, these four terms that we're going to define, pre-tribulation, pre-millennial, expositional hermeneutics, rapture ready, it's important for us to frame all of this around this period of time that we call Daniel's 70th week or the tribulation period. Now, if you flip over just a chapter or two to Daniel chapter 12, the Bible gives us a prophecy of the end times, and the scripture says, at that time, Michael shall stand up. Michael, of course, is an archangel, and the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And then Daniel is instructed not to tell anything more. So just kind of a general overview. But listen, the Bible tells us that in chapter 12, there is coming a time of great trouble like there's never been on the face of the earth. Now, think about some of the hardships on the earth. I mean, we've experienced volcanic eruptions. We've seen in our own lifetimes tsunamis and earthquakes and uh, fires and just devastating things. And we've also seen evil and wickedness at the hands of men. But the Bible tells us that there is a time coming. It's in the future There's a time coming when we're going to see trouble on the earth, tribulation on the earth like never before. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 24 and speaks in some detail about it. Again, we'll get to all these passages and we're going to come back and work through all of these passages. But this period of trouble that Daniel is describing here in chapter 12 is the 70th week of Daniel. We call it the tribulation. Now, the tribulation is easily broken up into part A and part B. The whole seven years is called the tribulation. The second half of it is called the great tribulation. And again, we'll get to these uh, scriptures as we get deeper into the podcast here, and I'll show you where we get these things as we track through episode to episode. But Understand that I believe that this tribulation period, this 70th week of Daniel, it is still forthcoming. Now, a wonderful pastor that's gone on to be with the Lord and one whose teaching I respect and admire, uh, Pastor Chuck Missler, he described uh, the events taking place prophetically like a chess match. And Dr. Missler said that if you think about Israel as one player and the Gentile church as another player, what's happened is that right now the Lord has hit the the time clock. You know how chess players have their time clock, one on each side. The Lord has hit the clock to stop or to pause the time on Israel. And right now we're living in a period of time that we call the times of the Gentiles or the church age. But there's a time coming when the Lord will hit the other clock on the other side of the chessboard and the time will start again for Israel. This takes the church out of the equation and begins the 70th week of Daniel. It's coming, and the Bible is very clear that the 70th week of Daniel begins with that covenant. Again, verse 9 and 27, he, this is the future leader, the Antichrist, future global world leader, he shall confirm a covenant with the many, that is a covenant with Israel, 
for one week or for seven years. And then we'll find that he breaks that covenant in the middle uh, by claiming to be God, demanding the worship of the world, an event that we call the abomination of desolation. Okay, so you understand listening to this inaugural episode of the podcast that we're looking for a future seven-year period of time, which we call Daniel's 70 weeks or the tribulation, it will be an unparalleled time of struggle and trouble like the world has never, ever, ever seen. In fact, in the New Testament, the Bible tells us there that if the timing of it had not been cut short, that no one would be able to even survive it. That's how intense it will be. The tribulation period has the distinct purpose of God pouring out his wrath upon the unbeliever. It is a time of judgment, God's judgment upon the world. And it's going to be awful. The Bible tells us that in that day, that there'll be all kinds of cataclysmic weather phenomenon, that uh, the water on the earth in large quantities will turn to blood or be undrinkable, or that it will be poisoned, and that fire will consume the earth, and uh, grass and trees and things will be burnt up. And in the tribulation period, there's astrological things that take place wherein planets and stars are moved out of alignment and fall to the earth. And then on top of that, there's you know just tremendous perils, pestilences and famines all across the earth and things like locusts destroying crops on a massive scale and then the spiritual things that take place. So again, we're talking about the book of Revelation kind of stuff because most of the book of Revelation describes that period of time, those seven years that we call the tribulation. So what do we mean when we say in this podcast that we believe in pre-tribulational theology? Well, what we mean is that we do not believe, I do not believe that God allows the New Testament church to go through the tribulation. I believe that it is most consistent with the gospel, knowing that Jesus has already paid for our sin debt, that we have already been forgiven of our sins, that we're already blood-bought, that Jesus paid our sin debt in full. It's inconsistent with the gospel that the church would go through the tribulation and would suffer the outpouring of God's wrath because the wrath of our sins has already been laid squarely on the shoulders of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And so... When we say, when I say that we, uh, and when I say we, speaking in the plural, I'm talking about those theologians such as myself who believe in a pre-tribulational theology. When I say that, what I mean is that we believe that Jesus rescues the church from the earth prior to the tribulation. And so when we talk about the rapture or the snatching away of the Lord's church, Pre-tribulational theology teaches that the rapture occurs before the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, Daniel's 70th week. So, this means that as we think about Daniel chapter 9 and this progression of time, that there is a future global world leader who comes from a revitalized Roman Empire who will make a peace covenant with Israel. That begins the time moving on the seven-year period, the tribulation. That covenant begins it. But before that covenant comes, the Lord takes his church out of the world through an event called the rapture. So pre-tribulational theology teaches that the rapture occurs before Daniel's 70th week, before the seven-year tribulation period. 
Now, some theologians believe that the rapture takes place halfway through the tribulation. We call those theologians mid-tribulational theologians. Others believe that the rapture takes place at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Those are called post-rapture theologians, post-tribulation theologians. But I believe that the Bible teaches clearly a pre-tribulational point of view, that pre-tribulationalism with regards to the rapture is more and most consistent with the gospel, and that the Lord rescues his church from the outpouring of his wrath, just as he has promised in the Holy Scriptures. Now, moving forward, what do we mean by premillennial theology? When I say that this podcast is pre-tribulational and premillennial, what does that mean? What do we mean premillennial? Well, I believe that the Bible teaches that at the end of the tribulation, at the end of that seven-year period of time, that Jesus the Christ returns in the second coming that he touches down on the earth, and that he stays. He brings us with him to co-reign and to rule on the earth. And I believe the Bible teaches that Jesus will establish a literal reign and rule from the city of Jerusalem. And that reign and rule will last for 1,000 years or for a millennium. So when we say that we're pre-tribulational in our theology, we believe that the rapture comes before the tribulation, before the seven-year tribulation period. When we say that we're pre-millennial, we're saying that we believe the tribulation comes just before the millennial kingdom of Christ, a literal 1,000-year reign and rule upon the earth, okay? Now, when we say that we are expositional or that we use an expositional hermeneutic. What in the world do we mean by that? Well, if you're not familiar with biblical exposition, let me just warn you in advance. Expositional teaching uh, will ruin you. It really and truly will ruin you for anything else. And so expositional teaching is the drawing out of the timeless truths from God's word, those, those principles from God's word, in their historical, grammatical, contextual, uh, you know, context, syntactical context, drawing out the truths of God's word. Kind of like, think about it this way. Think about archaeology, where uh, someone would, uh, would would go and uh, uh, maybe do an archaeological dig and dig down in the dust, layer by layer by layer, and very carefully try to extrapolate what's there and to draw out these priceless artifacts from the dust. That's what we do with the Bible. We try to go layer by layer. We dig into the Bible. We try to determine what the author intended to communicate when he originally wrote in his original context to his original author uh, in his original day and time. We look at things like uh, what's happening historically when these authors wrote, uh, what's happening culturally, what's happening politically. We try to identify things like cultural idioms that might be in the text. We look at the original language of the Bible, and we try to determine if the use of language has any kind of bearing on the message itself. And and then, of course, you know, thinking about the context of the passage, we want to interpret the Bible based on the context of the Scripture. Context is key, gang. And so we don't just, you know, wag our finger around in the air and point to a verse and read one verse and pull that, yank it out of its context and make it say what we want it to say. No, 
we want to understand in the context of the scripture, based upon what the theme of the book is, based upon where this passage is in the book, what's happening before, what's happening after, who's speaking, who's being spoken to, what's happening politically, culturally, the use of language, all of these things, we want to come to a conclusion that helps us to understand accurately what the Bible really says, what the Bible accurately means, and then how we can really come across a bridge. A friend of mine, Dr. Tony Guthrie, uh, Tony Guthrie years ago said, we're building a bridge from the ancient culture to this modern time. But you've got to start by understanding what the Bible meant then before you make application to what it means now. And so we want to come across that bridge and take those timeless truths and principles from the historical, grammatical, syntactical context, and apply it to our lives. So biblical exposition is like archaeology. We're going to draw out, we're going to dig out the things that God has for us in His Holy Word, okay? So we're going to truly let the Bible speak, and it will bless your life. And then lastly, when I describe this podcast as being a uh, from a rapture-ready point of view, what do we mean by that? What do we mean rapture-ready? Well, <laughs> I very simply mean that according to my understanding of Scripture, there is nothing that has to take place before the Lord splits the eastern sky, descends with a shout, sounds that trumpet, and gathers his elect from the four corners of the earth. In other words, we believe, those of us who are pre-tribulational, we believe that the rapture is imminent, that the Lord has promised to return, to snatch away his church, to call us up in the air where we will meet with Christ and be taken away during the tribulation period. And we believe that can happen at any moment. I mean, truly, before we even finish this podcast, the Lord could return and rapture his church. There's no sign, there's no prophecy that must be fulfilled before the Lord comes again, and he could come at any moment. Now, there are a number of uh, passages in the Scripture, parables, if you will, especially in passages like Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, which teach us as Christians to be alert, to be ready, to be on guard, to be looking up. Don't get lazy. Don't slack off. Don't think the Lord is never coming. No, be ready. Be watchful. Make sure there's oil in your lamp. Make sure that you're, that when he comes, he'll find you doing what you're supposed to be accomplishing. And the scripture is very clear that the Lord is coming suddenly in a moment, in the blinking, the twinkling of an eye, and at a moment when we do not expect him. So, when I say that we are a rapture-ready people and that I'm teaching you from a rapture-ready position in this podcast, what I simply mean is that the rapture of the Lord's church can take place at any time and it is imminent. And friends, I believe the rapture of the church is near. I believe that the Lord is coming soon and that we need to live rapture-ready lives. Let me close with this. If the Lord were coming today and you knew it, if the Lord were going to come by the end of the day, and of course the Bible says no man knows the day or the time, will never ever under any circumstances make a rapture date or time prediction. That's foolishness, and those who do have a 100% fail rate. But if you knew that the Lord was coming 
How would you live today? If you knew he was coming tonight, how would you live today? That's the point of the parable when Jesus said, if the homeowner, if the strong man had known when the thief was coming, he would have been ready. And Jesus calls us to live a rapture-ready life. Pre-tribulational theology, we believe that the rapture comes before Daniel's 70th week, a seven-year period of time, literal seven-year period of time of uh, trouble and judgment, the outpouring of judgment upon the earth. Pre-millennial, we believe that the tribulation is followed by a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ upon the earth. Expositional, we draw out from the scripture in a historical, grammatical, syntactical way the timeless truths of the Bible, letting the Bible speak freely in its plain, literal meaning to try to see what the Bible says, understand what it means, and then to properly apply its timeless truths to our life and rapture ready. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe Jesus could come at any moment. Nothing else has to happen before the Lord splits the eastern sky. That is the next major event on the prophetic timeline. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this inaugural episode of the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. We're excited about where the Lord's going to take us on this journey, and I'd like to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe so that you can be notified when we post new content. We hope to post new content at least weekly and track together through the Scripture in the time that remains. May the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. I look for your comments, your questions, and of course, your cries of outrage. God bless you. Take care.